Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Well said, and thank you, Anderson. I am Chris Cuomo. Welcome to Primetime. We are living history, my friends. President Trump is now on trial. The Senate took an oath to do its impartial best today. The question is, can they honor that oath if they don't have witnesses and examine the record of fact? Let's take a look tonight at what they may try to avoid. The damning details offered by Trump co-member Lev Parnas. What do you say? Let's get after it. All right, for better or worse, today it begins. Senators took an oath swearing to God to do their best to be impartial in trying the case against Trump. I'm sad to say that for many, that oath is suspect already and for several reasons. The leader of the right, McConnell, sees himself as there to exonerate the president. He said as much, in fact, he went further, negating the oath before he took it. Remember this. I'm not an impartial juror. This is a political process. But today he took an oath saying exactly that. He raised his hand to God. I wonder if his fingers were crossed when he took that oath. You know what? I bet you they probably weren't. You know why? He was fine telling you to your face that he is not impartial. There is no shame in Trump Co's game, no matter how shameful their words and deeds. They want you to know they don't care about anything but staying on message. That's why today was such a perfect example with this new senator. You can't see this enough. Senator McSally, should the Senate consider new evidence as part of the impeachment trial? Man, you're a liberal hack. I'm not talking to you. You're not going to comment, Senator, you're a liberal about this? Hack, Senator McSally, veteran, amazing record of service, makes this stunt that much more pathetic. Did she really swap all that good faith for fealty to Trump, someone she hasn't even backed in the past? We see the play now. This question was obvious. So was her dodge. So was the disrespect. It's all textbook Trump. It's more proof of what this is all about. And here's more proof just from her of playing from the Trump playbook. Forget about apologizing. She's trying to raise money off the mockery. And look, if you people in Arizona, if you're looking for someone to replace McCain, okay, to take the seat that he held, McSally checks a big box, man. Amazing military service, also a pilot. But after today and after this, she bears no resemblance to McCain's dignity, decency, discretion. I can't believe people would vote for her to fill McCain's seat. As obvious as her and McConnell's antics are, we get the reason. What can't McSally really handle? What can't McConnell handle? The facts. In fact, there's a chance that this Senate will be the first to refuse to accept the facts delivered from the House, but they also may refuse to access the facts themselves through witnesses. How can you do your job then? 
What are their criticisms of the case? There are two. All right. Now we will take a look at them and we will see what it's really about. A senior member of what's really the resistance, which is people on the right insisting on resisting their duty under law. Representative Mark Meadows, I ask him on the show all the time and he is welcome to make his case. But today he took to Twitter saying no underlying crime, no firsthand witnesses. Game over. No firsthand witnesses. Representative Meadows, meet Lev Parnas. If you're looking for allegations, crimes from someone who was there, who says he was part of all the wrongdoing, there's your boy. He says he was part of everything that was wrong, that the president knew, the vice president knew. You don't know him? Oh, funny. That's what the president said. Remember this? I don't know, Parnas, other than I guess I had uh, pictures taken, which I do with thousands of people, including people today that I didn't meet, but uh, just met him. Uh, I don't know him at all. Don't know what he's about. Don't know where he comes from. Know nothing about him. You believe that? Here's what Parnas says. I welcome him to say that even more. Every time he says that, I'll show him another picture. He's lying. He's lying. Credibility issues? Absolutely. Credibility issues on both sides. You got a guy with a shady past, investigated for messing with foreign powers and political contributions, now suspected of strong arming Ukraine for dirt on the Bidens. And then you've got the other guy, Lev Parnas, who is not protected by his position like Trump is and has been indicted for the same kind of activity regarding donations. So whom do you believe? The main difference is Parnas admits his role. And the biggest difference He's got documents to show what he says is true. The other firsthand witnesses that Meadows and the GOP seem to crave, how about Mulvaney? How about Pompeo? They're firsthand witnesses. Why don't you bring them in? They've been blocked by your master, Mr. Trump, the man who insists he has nothing to hide and yet refuses to offer anything and anyone that can shed light. Seems to be a situation tailor-made for exactly what the senators just swore an oath to God to do. So why not question them? Why not put on witnesses, expose Parnas's issues, expose his credibility, expose his offerings? The Senate can command Mulvaney and Pompeo to come. Bolton, too. These guys literally can't say no in this forum. This sergeant of arms will go and get them and bring them here. It's different than the House. It's odd that all the good guys are hiding and the guy with questionable credibility is asking to be tested. I'm here to help uh, the Senate, Congress, and hopefully I want to look at the GOP senators and to let them know that I'm here. I'm, you know, not just the Republicans, the Democrats. You should know the truth. You can validate it. You have all my information. Call me. We could sit down and I'll tell you everything. So no firsthand witnesses. No, not true. The truth is you don't want the firsthand witnesses. All right. So the other point of resistance, and you got to focus on this now because now we're in it. Okay. they say there are no underlying crimes here. All right. Let's discuss this part. Two points. First, the standard for impeachment has never hinged on the president being caught in a criminal act. In fact, all three presidents who've been impeached have faced the specific charge that they abused their power. Abuse of power is the crime. 
a political crime. Hamilton put the word in all caps, political. Why? Because that's what it is. And look, if you really do need crimes attached, the U.S. code, okay, you need to call witnesses. Why? Because Partners states, as a matter of fact, that this was not about rooting out corruption. It was about being corrupt. It was about bribery. Make the announcement, basically, there would be no relationship, not just, it was no specific military, there was no aid that was going to be assisted, there was going to be no inauguration, Pence wouldn't be at the inauguration, and there would be no visit to the White House. Who told him that? He says, Rudy Giuliani, after he met with the president who doesn't know him at the White House. Wait until later in the show when I show you all the proof of connections between partners and the people who say They don't know him. You'll be blown away. Now, on top of that, you want moral illegality? Fine. Again, it is not the standard. Abuse of office is, okay? The GAO, the Government Accountability Office, right, nonpartisan, says the White House violated the Impound Control Act. What is that? It governs how you're supposed to deal with congressional appropriations for money as the executive, as the president. That $400 million from Ukraine this summer, all right? Congress allocated the funds. The president was supposed to execute that allocation. And the quote is, faithful execution of the law does not permit the president to substitute his own policy priorities for those that Congress has enacted into law. In other words, you can't bribe Ukraine that unless they give you the Bidens, you're not going to give them the money because that's about you, not about us. Oh, well, it's only a violation. You know, just like that violation of um, potentially lying about paying off the plane mate and the porn star to help his campaign. That was just a violation, arguably, too, of campaign donations. What about the potential bribe? That ain't a violation. It's in the Constitution of one of the main things to look at. How can they not care enough about any of this to actually try the case? Meaning witnesses, of course. You can't find me a trial without witnesses. Be clear here. It is not just President Donald John Trump who is on trial. It is the Senate itself. The facts and circumstances surrounding what happened in Ukraine and why it happened are basic and obvious. Any effort to ignore them will be equally obvious to us all. All right. Now, What does this mean in the Senate right now? What is the state of play right after the oath? We have a juror who's just been sworn in. He says all it's going to take is four votes to assure a fair trial. Will this new GAO finding make an impact? Will Parnas? Will anything? Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut next. The Chief Justice of the United States is ready. Senators in this case, the jurors, kind of the judges as well, in addition to the Supreme Court justice, they're sworn in, except for one who will be sworn in next week. But what will this trial look like? Will it be a trial at all? Because if there are no witnesses, how is it a trial? That is the question that hangs over the process that unraveled today. The trial of Donald John Trump. So, Let's bring in one of the jurors uh, from Connecticut Senator Democrat Chris Murphy. Senator, good to have you with us. Thanks for having me. These are heavy days uh, and a big task in front of you. First, what is your sense at the outset of 
what it meant to see Senator McConnell raise his hand and swear to God to be impartial when he told us to our face, I am not impartial. What did that mean to you? Well, I mean, first of all, um, let me confirm that this was an incredibly sad day. Um, that was the emotion I think that most of us were feeling that the country has to go through this, that we've gotten to the point where we have to talk about removing a president for this kind of massive corruption. Uh, and we all swore an oath today. We swore an oath to um, get to the bottom of uh, the case being presented by the House. And you cannot do that with so much evidence hanging in the balance, with so much unknown. Remember, this is fundamentally different than prior impeachments. Um, never before has a president um, outright refused to cooperate with an impeachment inquiry. Never have we had such key witnesses and such key documents mm -hmm. remain hidden from the United States Congress. And so uh, the Senate has an obligation as the fact finders to go find the facts. But McConnell and has so said I am to very you, very nervous. I know, but I, let's talk about why you're nervous. McConnell told you, don't be nervous. You understand why, Senator. We all do. I'm not impartial. I am going step for step with the White House counsel. Our positions will have no daylight. How do you honor your oath faithfully and honor fealty to this president? So, listen, you cannot coordinate with the White House on an hour-to-hour, day-to-day basis uh, as the majority leader overseeing an impartial trial. That being said, it is understandable that senators on both sides of the aisle um, already have some opinions about whether the president's conduct is worthy of removal, because um, this is not like a, a, a criminal trial in the sense that all the jurors have seen much of the information uh, beforehand. Right. So I don't think it's unnatural for, for Republicans or Democrats to have opinions. What is unnatural is the person in charge of the trial, mm -hmm. the Senate majority leader, to be openly coordinating with the White House. And the idea of witnesses. Do you think there will be witnesses after this first round of arguments by both sides? Then there's going to be another vote, you know, supposedly about whether or not there are witnesses. Do you believe there'll be such a vote? How do you think it goes? I think Senator Schumer has done a, a, an incredible job of keeping the heat on Republicans, uh, both in Washington and back in their districts. And so I think momentum is moving uh, towards witnesses. I think it's harder for Republicans today than two weeks ago uh, to vote against any and all witnesses. Um, but the question is whether they are going to be the witnesses um, that really will make a difference to find witnesses, Mulvaney, Bolton, Parnas, and also requesting documents. And I think Senator Schumer um, has got us to the point where Republicans um, are, are, it's really hard on them today to continue to say no. You got a big hand uh, today, a big, a big helping hand, let's say, from Congressman Meadows. He tweeted today, here's the problem with the case. No firsthand witnesses, no underlying crimes. You now have Lev Parnas, who associate as long as I did. I did that out of deference to everyone who said they didn't know him. You know, Nunes and Trump and everybody else. From Nunes and Nunes. They all know him. And that's not because Parnas says it. The proof shows that. So he's a firsthand witness. Bolton's a firsthand witness. Mulvaney's a firsthand witness. Pompeo's a firsthand witness. So him saying he wants them, that you should have them, well, there they are. 
Yeah, it's not a coincidence that all the people who refused to testify before the House were the most likely first-hand witnesses, right? Everybody who would have taken the specific direction from Donald Trump uh, were the ones that refused to testify before the House. Because guess what? They would have testified that the president was directing all of this. Now, Gordon Sondland did have communication with the president, mm-hmm. and Gordon Sondland told us that the president was in on all of it. Uh, the Office of, of, of Budget and Management, uh, in their um, uh, test, in their emails that were disclosed, say that the direction to hold the aid came right from the president. And so there already is firsthand accounts, but the most important firsthand accounts, um, not coincidentally, have chosen not to bring themselves before Congress. That's why the Senate needs to force them to come and give that testimony. Also, somewhat of an odd coincidence that the one phone call that Sondland says he had with the president, where the president said all the right things, he doesn't have a record of it. The White House doesn't have a record of it. The State Department won't provide a record of it. We don't even know if that call even ever happened. Do you believe, Parnas? Listen, I don't know, um, you know, whether Lev Parnas is completely credible, except for the fact that everything that he has said is consistent with the testimony given by the witnesses in the House. Um, We have known for a long time that everyone involved in U.S.-Ukraine policy was working towards the same goal. And that goal was to get the Ukrainians to interfere in the 2020 election and to withhold their access to the White House and their access to taxpayer-funded aid until they agreed to it. Lev Parnas fills in some of the details about how that was operationalized, but nothing he has said is inconsistent with the testimony from the House. And so in that regard, he looks like a very credible witness. I think it's likely that if he's on the stand, he gets sliced up like cheese. Quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.